Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here at home in one of the upstairs rooms of my house with my Bible open to Romans chapter 8. And I'd like to just read verse 5, where it says, Those who walk according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who walk in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now, we've recently been talking about one of the more practical aspects of transformation. There are several basic things the Bible tells us that we can do to navigate life successfully in God's power, day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. Here in Romans chapter 8, Paul uses this phrase, walking in the Spirit, those who walk according to the Spirit. Remember that this walking in the Spirit has been preceded by three other similar verbs that we've looked at in detail. Those are knowing, counting, and offering. We started with knowing back in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. It says that this experience of victory begins when I know that I have been crucified with Christ. I cannot crucify my own flesh. In fact, I was enslaved to my flesh. But God did it, that he died and I died in him. Now, how do I know this? Romans 6, 3 and 4 says it very clearly. So then it says, after knowing what Christ has done, that we are to count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. There in Romans 6, verse 11. Because I've been included in his death and resurrection, I've been set free from the slavery of my old sinful nature. That nature is now powerless to control me unless I allow myself to be controlled by it. So the Bible says we are now to count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. Christ has done the work to set me free. It's like money in the bank. And by faith, I now write it. I count it in my ledger. And then thirdly, we are to offer ourselves to God. It says that in Romans chapter 6, verse 13. So how do I prevent myself from being re-enslaved to my sinful nature? I am to offer myself to God as an instrument of righteousness, as a slave to righteousness, to God. This is something that I must do deliberately in faith. I offer myself to him because each of us is a soul sandwich. And I will either offer myself, my soul, my will, my, my mind, my emotions. I will either offer myself to my flesh, which leads to death and to sin, the death of joy and fruitfulness, relationship, righteousness, or I could take advantage of my freedom that Christ has purchased for me to offer myself to God. That is, I set myself apart for God's exclusive use. I belong to Him. I am owned by Him. Therefore, He calls the shots as to what I do with my hands, what I look at with my eyes, etc. So now, having made that choice, how do I proceed? Do I just stand here and wait for God to magically move my limbs and control my thoughts? No. Romans 8 says, now walk in the Spirit. 
or live according to the Spirit. Now, what does that look like? Now, that's what I want to focus on over the next several podcasts. Firstly, to walk in the Spirit means to be obedient, to be in obedience to God's Word. Romans 6, verses 17 and 18 says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. If I'm going to walk in the Spirit, then I must be in the Word and in obedience to the Word. Why? Because the Spirit has spoken through the Word. The Lord will never show us something by the Spirit which does not line up with the Word. He'll never ask us to do something which contradicts the Word. Therefore, we cannot walk in the Spirit without being in the Word. Walking in the Spirit brings us into relationship with the Word of God and that we approach the Bible as God's personal love letter to us. I'm now reading the Bible, not primarily to accumulate knowledge, but to hear God's instruction that I might respond, and as it says in Romans 6, to wholeheartedly obey the form of teaching to which I was entrusted. James says it like this, don't be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. The Bible says of itself that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It says, it there, it says that in Hebrews chapter 4. By the Spirit, the Bible divides soul and spirit in that it distinguishes whether my soul is in submission to what the Spirit is saying to me through the Word or not. It reveals which thoughts are of my own will, of my own emotions, of my own intellect, and brings them into alignment with the truth. It judges my motives and thoughts and heart attitudes so that I can bring all of them into submission to Christ's lordship. Ultimately, this is God's will for me. Jesus' reign is worked out in my life as I place myself in submission to his word. In order to do this, we have to adopt a single-minded approach. In James chapter 1, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and, unst and unstable in all they do. So here you have both an invitation and a promise that if we seek wisdom from God, He will give it. But this comes with a caveat. We are to ask in faith. Now, what does that mean? Well, here he contrasts faith with being double-minded. Now, what does it mean to be double-minded? Well, to be single-minded is to ask God with the predetermination that when I hear the answer, I will obey. To be double-minded is to ask of God, and when I hear God's answer, I then weigh it against my own opinions, my own thoughts, my own feelings. James says that 
Not only will that person not receive wisdom from God, but that they will be unstable in all their ways. This is why it's so important to approach God's word with a single-minded predisposition. Sometimes I'll encounter a person who's struggling to discern God's will for their life. And I'll usually ask them, so what was the last thing you heard God tell you? What was the last thing you heard God ask you to do? And did you do that? More often than not, they can remember something that was given to them as a clear direction from the Lord that they ignored. And now their life is like a wave being tossed by the wind, trying to discern which way is up, which way is down, which way they should go. As we develop a pattern of single-mindedness in response to God's word and his spirit, we'll find it easier and easier to discern his will for our lives. I like this saying that if we do what we know, we'll know what to do. In the next couple of episodes, we'll look at additional ways we can be walking in the spirit. But today, let's walk in the spirit by responding in obedience to God's word. It starts there. Let's make the choice to be single-minded in our relationship to the Word that we might then be transformed through the renewing of our minds and walk in the freedom that comes from having been set free from the slavery of sin and our own double-minded way of thinking. Amen.